you are listening to the Moody Girl podcast with me, Emily Fazer. I'll be opening the minds of experts, enthusiasts and storytellers, discovering their secrets on health and how to make the most out of life. Before we start the episode today, I wanted to ask all of you listeners a question. Did you know that a lot of people are living with lower than recommended magnesium levels? I didn't know this either and had never explored incorporating magnesium into my daily life until I started having skin issues. I now use Better You Magnesium Oil Body Spray when I get out of the shower in the morning and spray onto my feet before I go to bed. I found that when I had psoriasis and hormonal breakouts on my face or body, I would spray it on and at first it really stung. But this was a sign from my body that my cellular magnesium levels were low. The more I got the magnesium into my system daily, the less it stung. It made sense. If you're feeling like you could benefit from having magnesium in your life, I would strongly recommend looking into using Better You Magnesium Oil Body Spray. Link to purchase is in the bio. Now, let's get to the episode. Hey guys, today I'm speaking with Tracy Fance, a psychic coach based in the UK who works on a metaphysical health level. Tracy helps people to change their health and get well and does this by finding the belief system or subconscious programming that is causing conflict within a client, which is in turn causing the health issue. Oh yeah, and if you haven't already and you're enjoying these episodes, please like, share, subscribe and give a five-star review. I'm really looking forward to finding out more on this subject today with you all. Let's get started. So welcome Tracy to the Moody Girl podcast. How are you today? I'm great, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I'm very, very happy to have you here. Um, thank you for reaching out and introducing me to your wonderful work. Um, so, I mean, I was kind of reading a little bit more on your website about you and about how, you know, from the age of, was it four or five, that you became kind of interested in spirituality. Um, so I thought, let's dive straight in and go all the way back to childhood um, and can you let me in the audience know, you know, what, as, as a four-year-old or five-year-old, how did you know what spirituality was? Um, I really didn't. <laughs> um, to use Harry Potter language, my family were muggles. Okay. Um, I did have a great aunt who was into this, but I didn't know that at that age. That was only when I got older, I realised she was into that. Um, I just had all these really weird experiences. I wasn't one of these children that saw dead people and, you know, had imaginary friends or anything, you know, textbook like that. But I would wake up in the night and I'd be wide awake, but have sleep paralysis so I'd just be lying there like rigid and of course my child brain was like oh it's the tooth fairy so I could feel a presence in the room but I couldn't roll over and look at it Mm. Um, and I remember one time even being absolutely petrified and it must have been coming up Christmas and I got it in my head it was Santa Claus Wow! Um, and so I think I didn't understand what I was experiencing, so I brought my human brain to it and got it completely wrong, but it scared the living daylights out of me. Um, so I think I kept that interest, that curiosity, and like desperately wanted to understand what had happened to me, but really couldn't make sense of it. Mm. Uh, then I started reading all sorts of books on the paranormal and reincarnation and past lives and spontaneous combustion and UFOs, you name it. Everyone else was doing spot the dog and the Mr. Men. Uh, 
and I was reading those as well. Um, but I was definitely not reading standard material for my age. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, where did you even find those books? That is like, did you go to the library? Yeah, I went to the library and this is pre-Amazon for anyone of a certain age. So you literally had to just browse through the shelves and go, oh, that looks interesting. But I grew up in deepest, darkest Norfolk, which for those that don't know England, it's very rural. <laughs> and we didn't have a massive collection of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I don't honestly know what possessed me to, to go and look for it. Mm. Okay. Um, and so I kind of disappeared down this rabbit hole of adult, I don't know what the right word, literature? It's not even literature, is it? Just adult books. And just kept this massive interest. Of course, then we tried the Ouija board, which I don't recommend to anybody, and mm. ghost hunts and everything else. And this was all before I was 10 years old. Wow. Um, and then I just wanted to be psychic. I just spent the next 15 years going, oh, my God, wouldn't it be amazing if I was psychic? Mm. Um, and I don't even know that I knew what that would look like and what I would do with it if I were. Um, and then I discovered I was psychic. And then I was like, great, now what? <laughs> wow. So it, it just felt like I was constantly chasing something I already had. Wow, that is so, I guess the thing that kind of strikes me from that is, you know, I've kind of, I had a, a stint at doing Montessori teaching for a while, where it's very much like follow follow the child, follow their interests. And, you know, you go from the absorbent, absorbent mind phase, and then I kind of, I can't remember the next phase of it. But anyways, you, as a four-year-old or five-year-old, had this instinctive, feeling that you just wanted to go and find out about a subject which I think is very rare I oh, can't yeah. remember at four or five being consciously like all I wanted to know about was Barbies um and <laughs> <laughs> you know it wasn't I didn't have a huge desire to kind of learn about you know paranormal activity so that's obviously very unique to your story um and then like how old were you when you know after all of the searching and wanting to be a psychic did you actually realise, oh, wait a minute, I actually am? Um, it was my early 20s when I was doing the, oh, my God, I really want to be psychic. Mm. Then I think I was 22 when I went to a psychic fair and I was talking to the guy that organised the events and I said to him, oh, you know, I'd like really like to be psychic. And he gave me his jumper told me to tell him what I picked up from it, which I know is psychometry, but I didn't really know that then. And I gave him like all this information and I saw this picture of a woman with a child in a pram and it was so vivid. And I described it to him. He went, yeah, that's my sister. That's my niece or nephew, whatever it was. Your psychic sling, your hook. And I'm like, so what do I do now? Whoa, <laughs> I, whoa. I felt like I'd won the lottery, but couldn't spend it. It was just mm -hmm. a really bizarre feeling like can't honestly put it in words. Wow. And I mean, so now, you know, so you discovered you were a psychic and then now tell us a little bit more about where you're at now with your work. Because uh, obviously there's a lot of, um, I guess, people who will try and debunk psychics out there who, you know, will be like, 
imagining you to have a crystal ball, um, you know, <laughs> sat there reading palms. And, you know, there's obviously this common misconception. Um, I mean, I've come from my mum, and I've said this in quite a few episodes, my mum is naturally quite spiritual. You know, she did Reiki, had Reiki on me through my exams, tarot cards, witch books, all of that sort of thing. So I've always been open to it. And there's been a few experiences where, you know, there's been things where a medium has reached out to members of my family and told us facts that no one would ever know, you know. Mm -hmm. And when I've told those stories to like super pessimists before, they're just like, okay, quite interesting, but still don't believe it. But I'm yeah. like, how How would, you know, and I say to them, how would they know though, you know? And there's a whole kind of discussion around that. But, you know, how do you work with people now, you know, with this psychic ability um, that you have um, and then taking it to help with healing? Okay, so I found um, a psychic development circle, which is just basically somewhere where you go and you just keep practicing all different things around the skill set of being psychic or doing mediumship. And I kind of spent a long time doing that. And then I had my business that went in the recession and I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? So my friends talked me into getting my tarot cards out and away I went and started doing readings, which I don't think was really what I had in mind when I decided it would be really cool to be psychic, but nonetheless, that's where I ended up. I think that's where them upstairs wanted me. I just was like in my own world going like, where am I supposed to be? Mm. And they're like, oh my God, she's just not getting it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then as part of that, I went and learned Reiki mm -hmm. and I became a Reiki master. And again, I didn't know what I was going to do with that. I kind of just kept taking stuff on and thinking I'll figure it out later. And I then started teaching. So I started teaching Reiki. I started teaching tarot. I started teaching people to develop their psychic skills and so on. And as part of the, the healing I discovered things like Louise Hay with her You Can Heal Your Life, which was really groundbreaking back in the 70s when that came out. Sadly, she's no longer with us. She died a few years ago, but she was a real pioneer. Um, some of her stuff didn't really resonate for me. It was kind of like, I kind of get it, but it's not hitting the spot. Mm -hmm. So then I discovered a lady called Deb Shapiro, and she wrote a book that is called Your Body Speaks Your Mind which basically when our body goes wrong, whether that's fibromyalgia, whether that's a skin condition, an allergy, whatever, that is your emotional internal state kind of firing off a message. The same as when your car goes wrong, the little light comes on the dashboard and you take it to the garage. Mm. So her stuff kind of resonated for me a bit more. Yeah. And then she hasn't updated her book for some time. And so there was things that weren't in her book, like fibromyalgia, which is just rife these days. Mm. And so I found another lady with a book that really hit the spot. And hers is very up to date. And she's very active on social media and stuff. And that kind of all coalesced together. Um, and a friend of mine is a coach who helps people clear their health issues just by changing their, their belief systems and what they believe to be true about themselves and their world. And I was just sending so many people to him. And I was like, why am I not doing this? This is so 
fantastic. Mm. We need to be doing this. And so in lockdown, I kind of refreshed my NLP, which is neuro linguistic programming. And I started working with people, particularly on mental health in lockdown, because that's where most people were at. And then I've broadened it since then to encompass things like chronic migraine, thyroid dysfunction, fibromyalgia, PTSD, basically anything that's wrong with someone, I will show them how to heal themselves and to get well of it. Wow. I mean, that's that's really quite a transition then from going into like spirituality quite young, exploring that, discovering you a psychic, and then finding something that's very tangible and also something that's quite digestible, I guess, um, for the modern person who might be still a bit of a skeptic. So, you know, with your psychic abilities and then with your now coaching to kind of get to the root cause of illness, how do those, how does that psychic ability help you um, in a way that maybe other people might not have when they're doing the same work that you are? Okay, so I work very much with energy, which obviously <laughs> we've all got energetic bodies, that's who we are. And yeah. um, I use my Reiki within a session because if I'm helping someone remove some trauma, we need to fill it with something positive. So I help them to find a positive belief and then bring the Reiki healing in. I also work very intuitively. So NLP is a conversational therapy, but it's very proactive to begin with. And then it's very reactive. So if you came to me and went, oh, I've got really bad eczema, what can we do about it? I would be very proactive, like, okay, what is the problem? When did it start? Tell me more about it. Mm. Then it becomes reactive because I start using tools where the client is telling me something and I've got to respond to that to help the healing take place. Mm. So, for instance, if they said to me, I had an incredibly stressful job during lockdown and during lockdown I suddenly had eczema, um, I would then look at what exactly was going on that was stressful mm. and then we would reframe it, which means to take away the negative emotions they've got associated with it, replace it with something positive and then allow them to let the healing take place. And I can't script that because everyone is so different and because it is so reactive and then I ask the client what it is they want to do with that illness. And I get them to ask it what purpose it's serving. Because like Nanny McPhee, it will come when you need it, not when you want it. And it will leave when you want it, but don't need it. Mm. To get them to understand what that condition is trying to do for them is a really powerful part of the healing process. Mm. So if they find out that their chronic migraines is their way of avoiding confrontation, like I can't come to your mother-in-law's darling, I've got a migraine, I'm going to bed, rather than I just don't want to go, your mother-in-law's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> that migraine is their get out clause. Yeah. And most people aren't going to go, oh, my partner's a terrible person because they won't come because they've got an awful migraine. They'll go, oh, they've got a terrible migraine, they've had to go to bed, how awful. So they actually don't get the row that they would get if they just said, no, I'm not going. Mm. And so 
it's a mechanism to protect themselves from a verbal lashing, a physical lashing, um, a confrontation. And so it becomes a mechanism to get what they need. Mm. I, mean, I guess I'm trying to relate it to my own situation. I know you reached out um, regarding that as well. So I've got psoriasis and it was like, it showed up for me when we started planning our wedding. And it was like, you know, we had basically, I was a little bit stressed about it because mum and dad aren't together, you know, both living separate lives. And I've always had that worry mm -hmm. being, you know, they get on absolutely fine, but it's bringing all of those families together again. That's what was kind of the underlying stress about it. And I was like, okay, I can't do it in England because, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I didn't, I couldn't envision it at that time. It was very stressful. So we were like, okay, let's do it in Iceland. Great. Fantastic. We'll do it. something really random. Hardly anyone will say yes, that they want to come. Um, and so we planned this whole thing. We found a wedding planner. We sent out this extravagant flipping video saying, save the day. We're having a wedding in Iceland. And then COVID hit. And we're just like, oh my God. And so my husband now was be like, right, let's sit down. Let's do some wedding prep. And I'd be like, oh my God, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's stressing me out, blah, blah, blah. And that's when a tiny little bit of dry skin popped up. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Don't really know what that is. And then it just got slightly bigger, slightly bigger. And then during lockdown, I had it like on my face. Um, you know, and it was just kind of spreading all around. I mean, at the moment, it really fluctuates for me. Um, and I healed it in time for our wedding, which wasn't in Iceland, by the way. It was in the UK because that was just, you know, a huge... I don't know why we did that, but it was just... <laughs> <laughs> so stressful and we overtook too much and um the venue ended up closing down thank god so we were like oh we've got to get out claws let's just do it relax in england but it still does show up for me even though we've done the wedding even though i'm in like a happy relationship with my husband and we have fantastic communication um but it shows up for me still now and i'm still originally it was herbs that healed it and i mean i can literally show you here yeah. So it's popped up again um, for me. And so I, I guess I don't understand how did I heal myself? And like when I was do taking my herbs, I was like, this is, I knew it instinctively, like in my stomach and soul, I was like, I am healing. And it was yeah. gone. It was absolutely gone. I could wear my wedding dress with, with pride um, and I didn't worry about that. But then now it's kind of, filtered back in and I've got new ones popping up on my leg which I've never had before like could yeah. you talk me through why that might be do, if you know okay. the without like doing a session and getting yeah. deeper personal because I'm sure you don't want to do that in front of all your listeners <laughs> um, so on a broad basis the skin is about what people see mm. so when people see us they judge us mm-hmm whether they're aware of it or not, they make assumptions like she looks rich, she looks poor, whatever it might be. So there's that that fear around judgment or that desire not to be judged. And you may not have consciously been thinking about it because the conscious mind only drives 5% of our behavior. I'm cold, I'm hungry, I want to have sex, I'm, I'm, I want to sleep. And that's pretty much it. Wow. Or consciously, oh, I love the colour of that car. I want to buy it. Yeah. But subconsciously, there's a whole 95% going on that we don't know about 
that drives our behavior and drives other things within us. So potentially you've decided to have this wedding abroad Mm -hmm. because it'll be less stressful, which I totally get. I'm from a broken stroke blended family as well. So totally with you on that one. And even though you're doing it for the right reasons, thinking, you know what, hardly anyone's going to come. It'll be perfect, less stressful, amazing. And then everyone goes, oh, actually, let's go to Iceland. That's right. It'd be really cool. Let's go to Iceland, you know. And it is actually one of the in places, bizarrely enough. You pick completely the wrong place. <laughs> but on a subconscious level, there will have been a part of you that is fearful of being judged by those people that you thought weren't going to come. Oh, well, that's it. Have a wedding abroad so we can't come because we can't afford it. Oh, who do you think you are? And all of that. So mm. that fear of being judged that fear of what people are going to think about the fact that you're running away to do the wedding Mm. and it can then become an issue and then when you're planning the wedding there's even more judgment because it's like what are people going to think if I wear this what are people going to think if I do that and when you add in all the other stress of lockdown that was going on yeah that's kind of heightened it because are we even going to get married? Is that venue going to be there? Are we going to still be alive to go and get married? You know, there was loads of um, fear-based stuff going on. So although the actual event has been and gone, and it sounds like it's gone really well, so that's great. Yeah. You've now got that route. So if you imagine you go in your garden and you rip out a weed, and two weeks later it's back again, you're like, I just damn well ripped that out. So you want to put weed killer on it or something to get to the root. Mm. With you, your root is still there. So when things come along that make you feel judged or make you fearful, they re-trigger it. Mm. Okay. So what's happening now where you're flaring up on your arm and your leg is that stuff is triggering you. Mm. So if we go back and clear that original problem that's in your subconscious, those triggers won't work anymore. They'll stop triggering you. Wow. That makes so much sense. Yeah, absolutely. Seriously. And why- and it's quite easy to, to resolve. You know, it's not something that, you know, takes years and years. It's not like having counseling or traditional therapy. NLP, when we use it anyway, is very specific and quick but health issues can sometimes take multiple sessions rather than just one session. Okay. Mm. But not always. Everyone is so different. Yeah, totally. That, I mean, that makes so much sense. I think probably one of my biggest um, <clears throat> things in life is, is worrying about what others, others think. And, you know, and that's, I feel like I have come so, so far from where I was probably a year ago, but it's, you know, continually a learning process. And I think that's probably what, anyone out there who's listening to this might be experiencing something similar. Um, so I think it's, it's actually, in a way, it's quite a comforting conversation because I feel like, you know, for a long time, I thought it was all like physical based. So like what I was putting into my body, I was very like obsessive during the lockdown about you know, can't have gluten, can't have dairy. I cannot touch a glass of wine. I can't have sugar. And so I really went like the extra to the nth degree to completely like cleanse the gut and kind of bring my, I guess, body back to an alkaline level because I thought that was what was going to heal me and it didn't. So that was kind of the first factor where I was like, hmm, okay, something more is going on here, maybe with my mindset 
um, and something, as you say, is a root that's stuck in there. So I'd probably be interested in discussing this further, maybe off air um, at another point with you, Tracy, because I think that's that's super interesting. Um, so, I mean, you've kind of explained a little bit more about what a session can look like, some of the conditions that you, um, you know, help to cure and get to the root cause of. Um, I mean, if we're kind of going back to spirituality again, this is something I was literally walking in town with my husband today and we were like, do you believe in, I definitely believe that there's energy everywhere. You know, I, I pick up on energy. It brings my energy up or down. If somebody's not feeling good, um, you know, sometimes my way of, if I'm having like low energy is I'll have like a little nap and that will be like a refresh for me. And then my energy is okay again but I really do get affected by that around people. So mm -hmm. like, I guess I'm just quite interested in, you know, when you're in a social situation, um, one, like, do you see dead relatives? <laughs> and two, like, if you don't, do you pick up on their energy? How does that work? So all of the psychic senses, basically whatever we have as a human smell, sight etc we have a psychic version of it wow but we have subjective and objective mm -hmm. so objective is if i said to you oh i can see your granny sat next to you who's passed away just like i'm seeing you now yeah. that's objective okay if i said to you I, I can see your gran but she's here in my third eye mm. that's subjective mm -hmm. okay so I'm very clairaudient, which means I hear spirit. Wow. But I don't hear like we're talking now. I do occasionally hear someone shout my name and I'm sort of like, but there's nobody there. Wow. But for me, it's in my head mm -hmm. and it's like a stream of consciousness that I know just isn't my thinking. Mm -hmm. When I'm doing a reading or when I'm working with a, a coaching client, I've got this stream of consciousness that's telling me stuff to fill in the blanks and help me work on a very uh, metaphysical, very intuitive level. Mm. So, Generally speaking, if we were just chatting, I'm probably not going to pick up anything about your lost loved ones or suddenly start telling you there's three children coming to you and I can see you in this new job and blah, blah, blah. If you were in the right conversation with me because sometimes when I'm talking with somebody, it it's the right person and the right time for me to say, mm. do you know what, I really think you're doing the right college course because I think that's going to lead to X, Y, and Z. And they're like, oh, oh, okay, thanks. And they know that's not just me confirming that I think they've done the right thing. They know that's a message from spirit, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't generally go around rooting in other people's knicker drawers. Even if I go to a funeral, I'm not going to go, oh, your dad's here and he's just letting me know he was really happy with the service. <laughs> <laughs> because it's none of my business. Yeah. That being said, I could literally go to the funeral of a complete stranger and be overwhelmed by the grief of everybody else enough for me to sit and cry like I've lost someone important to me. Okay. Wow. Wow. And that's because of the empath in me. And I think you'll find that you're very much the empath, which is why other people's energy can floor you or make you feel like you're just at party central having a great time. 
Mm. Okay. So I tend to switch it on and off depending on whether I'm working or not. Because in the early days, I would go out for a drink with friends and people would go, oh, hi, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm a clairvoyant medium. And they go, ka-ching. And you could see them waiting for the mm. message. And it's like, mm. I'm night off. I've been doing this all day. I don't actually yeah. do messages. Yeah. Um, and so I've learned to very much compartmentalize it depending on where I am, who I'm with and what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I know that there are people that don't do that but that works best for me um and i've learned to protect my energy so that if i am going to a funeral for the people grieving i'm not going to be swamped by that negative emotion even though it's a positive negative emotion i just wanted to talk to you a little bit about cytoplan a unique science-based supplement company with many years of experience in nutritional science and whose emphasis is on quality of product. My medical herbalist swears by them as they don't use any unnecessary bulking agents. Before I found out about Cytoplan, I was taking up to eight supplements a day, all with bulking agents in them. It was such a relief to find out Cytoplan products are extremely pure. I now use them daily and I would recommend them to anyone looking for quality vitamins and supplements. They have a great range for many different health benefits. So if you'd like to find out more, please follow the link in the bio of this episode and check out Cytoplan. You won't regret it. And the same with if I'm going to uh, a meeting where it's going to be difficult, for instance, I don't want the negativity. So let's say I went to a meeting where they were debating Brexit, for instance. (laughs) I would not want to be completely overwhelmed with all these people getting angry and nasty because no one else agrees with their opinion Mm -hmm. so I I have just learned to protect myself Mm. that I can let down those barriers when I'm working with somebody so that I can get the full impact from that meeting that I need to give them what they need Mm. that makes sense I mean sometimes and I'm the more I'm kind of going on this healing journey and the healing journey is, you know, very broad, but I guess finding out more about who I really am, about what I'm destined to do, about the things that I thoroughly enjoy doing that I've lost sight of as an adult. Um, Mm. and kind of, I definitely feel as though I lost my way for a few years. Um, and now kind of trying to, I guess, re, re, go back into environments that I was in maybe pre feeling in way more enlightened in my, you know, my path and choice of living. Mm. Um, I find that really strong, like a struggle at that now. Like I'll go back to things that I was doing before. Maybe it's just like a huge group hang in a pub. Do you know what I mean? And sometimes I just find so many people around. I'm like, oh my God, there's so many energies and it's so scattered. And I'll feel as though I'm like, okay, I don't know which person to have a conversation with here. And, you know, I find myself losing myself a little bit when, you know, I've had this discussion with my husband. I'm like, I'm way better like one-on-one or like two-on-two or, you know, even three-on-three. Like it's just when I, the larger groups, that's where sometimes it can feel quite noisy. Um, Mm. I mean, is that anything to do with energy or is it, you know, just, um, I guess, who I am as a person? (laughs) And it's both is the honest answer. Yeah. Because the more aware we are of energy, 
the more it's going to impact. Mm. So if you take someone that's a complete disbeliever and thinks this is all a load of rubbish, yeah, they will still use the appropriate language. They will still still say things like, oh, my God, the energy at this concert is fantastic. Mm. Or they'll say, oh, my God, wasn't that speaker so charismatic? I could feel their personality from here, which mm -hmm. basically means that that speaker's aura is so massive that everybody in the room is touching that aura and feeling their charisma. Mm -hmm. And people walk into a house and they go, oh, this house has got a lovely energy to it. Yeah. Oh, God, I don't like the energy here. Imagine going to Auschwitz. Mm. even those that say they do not believe in this at all, I challenge that they go to Auschwitz and feel nothing because I don't know a single person that's been to any of the death camps where they have not been affected by the energy that's there because it's so dense, it's so heavy. Mm. There's no bird calling. There's no insect life. It's just really really strange mm. so we do feel it whether we believe in it or not yeah but if you are someone that's very sensitive to alcohol one glass of wine and that's you done happy days cheap night out yeah it's the same with energy mm. if you're very aware of it and very receptive to it you're going to pick up on the person next to you who's i don't know in a terrible place because maybe they've had a letter from the mortgage company before they went out the door to work telling them they're going to repossess the house because they haven't paid the mortgage. Mm -hmm. But they're trying to keep it all to themselves and they're sat next to you at work or next to you on the train or the bus and you're like, God, why do I feel this awful? Mm. Because it's coming off them in waves. Mm. But the same if you sit down next to someone that's found out they're pregnant but they don't want to tell anyone yet and they're bursting at the seams with this joyful news and you're like, I feel really great, I feel really happy, this is really good. It's not yours, it's theirs. Yeah, wow. That's So effectively, emotions and energy are contagious is what you're saying. Totally. Yeah. yeah, I see that. I see that for sure. And like if you're in a group of people and then – you know, you could be, yeah, because sometimes it's just like, in my head, I'm like, that feels right to me. Like that type of hang right now makes me feel comfortable. I know that my energy is going to be high. It feels great. And sometimes I'm very specific. I'm like, I really don't want to go to that specific, like specific pub. And my husband's like, why? It's just a pub. I'm like, it just doesn't make me feel good. And I don't know why. You know, it's just, it's, yeah, an interesting one. Um, I was going to say, so... For anyone out there who might be in touch with, you know, they could be experiencing, like you and I, um, I guess, an energy shift when they're around people and say they had an energy dip from being in a certain situation and all of a sudden they really feel like they're crashing and they don't know why. Um, do you have, like, any advice for anyone who needs, like, an energy pick-me-up? after they've maybe been in a situation that's brought them down. Absolutely. And empaths need to avoid the news. It's like putting poison in your coffee and drinking it. Don't do yeah, it. Yeah. But if you have to watch the news, if you can't help yourself or your other half's got the buttons and you don't have control, it's okay to, to be in a negative situation or to be exposed to something negative, but you've got to counteract it. And the quickest, easiest way is to think happy thoughts. Mm -hmm. Okay. And if you remember the bit from Captain Hook, 
with um what's his name robin williams where he'd forgotten how to fly and the lost boys are going just think happy thoughts peter and the more he thought happy thoughts he could fly and he lifted up Mm. and it's the same with us so think about your favorite funny movie think about your favorite joke think about your children doing stuff that makes you smile and laugh Think about the time you went out with your friends and you're all wetting yourselves laughing over something completely inane, but it was brilliant and you was all on the same wavelength. Um, think about a, a family occasion or a great birthday or just being on holiday somewhere that you love because by thinking the happy thoughts, it will lift your energy back up. And if you've got access to YouTube, watch a silly little video that you know will laugh, make you laugh. Like the, there's one about a dog that went viral lockdown and mm-hmm. you know people were just absolutely amazed at how funny this dog was. So it can be little things, but if it's in here, you can replay it mm-hmm. and your body will respond because the the body doesn't understand the difference between reality and a memory or a visualization. Mm-hmm. So when we're constantly telling people about the row we've had with the other half, we're constantly reliving it. We're in a loop. It's like Groundhog Day. Yeah. So your body is going to go through all the same emotions like anger, fear, whatever, and that's going to pull you down. So mm-hmm. the exact opposite is true if you do it with the good stuff. Mm. And that will lift you up and flood your body with the good stuff. So the dopamine and the endorphins and all the really nice, happy, happy stuff. And it will put you back where you need to be. Mm. That's also what I found quite interesting that you said there is if you're like talking about an argument that you've had with somebody and say you're like, speak to one friend about it, then you might speak to your mum about it. Then you might speak to your dad about it. Then you might speak to your sister about it. Then you might speak to your cousin about it. And then before you know it, you've literally relived this argument 10 times over so what would your suggestion be then because you know we're, I guess we've always been encouraged to not bottle it up and you know talk about what's going on in your life and um, would you say maybe just confide in one person yeah I would say either confide in one person preferably the one that's got the balanced view not the one going yeah he's an arse isn't he I'll <laughs> dump him are you you want the one who's going to go yeah but you were bang out of order too yeah yeah okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but really, you can just pour it into a journal or then mm. your voice memo on your phone and then delete it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, because you're right, you do need to let it out. But every time you tell that story, like if we, like say, for instance, if I chose something from my childhood, um, I can't even think of anything bad. Um, let's say that my dad beat me. He didn't, but let's say mm. he did. Every time I say to everyone, oh, yeah, I had a really horrible childhood. My dad beat me. Mm. I'm trapped in that energy. And that becomes my story. Yeah. And I become the victim and that pulls my energy down even more. Mm. So by acknowledging that my father beat me and releasing the pain and the hurt and going, I'm sure that my father was going through something that made him do that. I'm not saying it's right, but he had his own stuff going on. I can then draw a line under it and go, right, I'm not going to keep perpetuating that story. I'm not going to keep living in that energy of 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so we have to process it and let it go and move on. Mm. And, and journaling is so fantastic for that because there's no judgment. You can shred it when you're finished and you can look at what you've written and go, why on earth do I think that for? That makes no sense. Right, I'm going to get rid of that belief. Mm-hmm. And so by getting rid of the beliefs, you don't need me because you've already 
decluttered your subconscious of those beliefs that aren't serving you. Mm, I love that. And like, so journaling, as you've just mentioned, I mean, I have just started something called Morning Pages, which is basically without fail, every single day, three A4 pages and some of the crap that comes out. I mean, it's just, but it is, I feel as though I'm kind of doing it to empty my subconscious and to let in creativity. That's what I want. I want to feel inspired in life and I want to have a creative outlet, basically. Um, so that's been really um, transformative for myself. Um, but I mean, you've mentioned journaling. What are some of the you know daily practices that you can't go without that you know really help your own mental health? Okay, so picking three to five things that you're grateful for every day. Mm-hmm. You can't have the same ones every day. That's cheating. Um, and you might have to really push for it some days it's like oh my god you know what am I grateful for I'm grateful I'm not living in the Ukraine being bombed Mm. or do you know what I'm really grateful I didn't win the lottery because what the hell would I do with 148 million yeah sometimes it it can be the absence of something rather than I'm really grateful for my husband I'm really grateful for the roof over my head you know all the normal stuff yeah you really need to feel that gratitude. Don't just go through the motions. Because as I said earlier on, when we think about stuff, our body responds. And if you're feeling really grateful, it's really hard to then be going, oh, yeah, my mortgage has just gone up and my gas bill's just gone up. So it's, it's really important to focus on that gratitude. Mm. It doesn't mean that you're in your rosy-tinted glasses pretending that there's no bad. You're just focusing on the good. Okay, mm-hmm. And... If there's something that happens in your day, like let's say that your boss did something that upset you or he gave you a bad review in your one-to-one, journal about it. Let it out. And then you'll get perspective. Well, was it very fair what my boss said? Well, yeah, actually, he's right. I have been late every day for a month. Mm -hmm. What am I going to do about it? Well, I need to get better organized so I'm not late. Mm-hmm. because it's so easy to go oh yeah my boss is horrible my boss had to go it but my timekeeping and my timekeeping is fabulous and we go down a rant and it doesn't help us so journaling is really good at helping us see with clarity the patterns that are going on the beliefs that we may have we can see the things that aren't serving us like one of my clients bless her she just was a worry wart and she journaled and she read back over and she went, oh, my God, you know what? She said, I'm worried about that for three months. And when I actually went and dealt with it, it was no big deal. Mm. And all of that wasted time and energy. So she doesn't do it now. She doesn't worry. Mm. She just, if a problem comes up, she deals with it rather than sitting and worrying about it. That has been transformative for her. Mm. And so little things like journaling can make a huge difference. Um, meditating. I just find that a lot of people, when they come to me with meditation problems, normally their expectation is here and the reality is here. So they think they're not doing it right. Mm -hmm. Okay. But actually the reality is what you're looking for. You're not going to empty your head completely. You don't need to sit and chant on. Um, And, you know, you can just do 10 minutes of focusing on your breath and that is meditation okay mm-hmm. um, what else is good exercise or movement is good even if you're just bouncing around the kitchen making your breakfast with the radio on mm-hmm. yeah. you don't have to go and get a gym membership but movement is incredibly powerful for us it's really good uh, what else do I do that's regular oh goodness 
I mean, those are my staple ones. Um, but because I do all my spiritual stuff, I do talk to my guides all day, every day, and I do look for them uh, responding to me. And I do look after my health. I do like my glasses of wine, though, so I'm not a complete temple, you know. <laughs> but when I get something go wrong with me, if I get something go wrong with me, I will start to delve into it and find out what it's trying to tell me. What am I doing wrong or what am I not doing that I need to do? Yeah. And I can change things to make whatever the condition is go away. Um, and I, th I think that is pretty much my my backbone of my day is doing those practices, to be honest. I don't spend hours doing it. I've got hours to spare. Mm. Um, and I, I don't spend fortunes on it. And I don't go and buy loads of fancy equipments, notebooks and stuff like that. And I just keep it simple. Yeah, simple. I think that's probably what, you know, there's this whole... Um industry of you know as you say like you're not a complete temple or whatever and that can be actually be toxic and I think I got into that when I first started on this journey where I had this misconception that I needed to be a hundred percent like on it all the time especially with what I was putting in my body um but I think that's realistic I think what you're what you're doing there that sounds fantastic you know meditation key journaling key um and exercise um, nutrition. Um, so yeah, I mean, all of those things I think are, are really important. And if the pe this, uh, uh, you know, the more people I speak to, the same things keep coming up, up again and again and again. So clearly they work. <laughs> yeah. um, so I was going to kind of also then go into a little bit more about maybe signs from the universe manifestation um where you kind of stand with that because at the moment obviously manifestation is a big buzzword law of attraction used to be the buzzword and now that's kind of moved on to manifestation where it's taking more informed action um and I was having a discussion with my friend last night and we were kind of talking about blocks in manifestation um you know some of those blocks are stemming from uh, childhood trauma that hasn't been unlocked in your subconscious and then once that is unlocked then manifestation and signs from the universe will kind of flow in um so I mean first question on that is do you think that the average Joe or anyone like you know the listeners and I can we receive signs from the universe if we're Absolutely. not psychic yeah totally they're already happening mm -hmm. they're already going on around us but most people are oblivious to them Mm. and once you are aware of it it's like once you get a new car let's say you've got a red fit 500 mm -hmm. suddenly every car on the road is a red fit 500 and you're like wow I never knew there were so many yeah. whereas before you probably couldn't tell me how many red fit 500s you've seen in a day probably none mm -hmm. okay so once we start talking to the universe um we had a, a good one today. Um, the lady I've been teaching Reiki to, she said she pulled a card out and it was the snake shedding its skin. And she'd asked for a sign about a particular thing. And when she got to school where she works, one of the teachers said, oh, I've bought in this um, snake skin that someone's given me. Um, I thought I'd show it to the kids. And she's like, whoa. <laughs> that's very specific how many times do you come across a snake skin yeah and one of the kids turned up 
and they got this string of beads. I don't actually know what they are, but she said you have to iron the beads and then they do oh, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and he had made it into a snake. Weird. And she Weird. said that was just so profound. She said there was no way that I could go, oh, is that spirit talking to me or not? Because it was just so different so stand out to get two things to do with the snake and neither one knew what the other one had got mm. so she said it wasn't even a collaboration it was just two separate things and that was a very very loud yes to the question that she mm. asked brilliant Perfect. wow I mean um you might this is like quite an abstract question but um recently my partner and I we were lucky enough we bought a place in Italy and it's been something that we've been wanting for years and years and years and years um and we had this video that we had ages ago and I had it on my house I did like a house Instagram account and I put it on the story and I found this really obscure Italian tract put behind this video of driving down to the house Anyways, our last night in Italy, had a couple of lemoncellos, you know, driving back down. And then uh, we were going down the driveway. And as I was about to do like a last little driving in, you know, to remember it as a memento, the radio came on and the same track came on. This really obscure song came on with exactly the same video, but I was doing it live. And I was like, whoa, I was like, why? I was like, wait a minute, that's the song that I, you know, picked for months ago when we had that video, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, it was almost a bit scary. I was a bit scared because it was at night. I was like, this is so spooky. Like, why has that come out of like a random radio station? How many songs are there in the world? And this has just come on. I mean, I don't know what that was trying to tell me. Do you think like, I don't know, um, how do I know what the universe is trying to tell me? Okay, well, this is one of the common problems. So I teach a whole one-day workshop on mm -hmm. meeting your guides, working with your guides, and so on. And the problem is most people walk around and they've got this constant stream of thought going on. We have like 60,000 thoughts a day that we don't even know we're having. Yeah. And so let's say you're walking along going, oh, you know what? I really hate my job. Should I change jobs? I wonder if I should go and be a librarian. I wonder if I should go and be a teacher. Well, all of those are being sent out to the universe. And so your guides and the universe are going, all oh, right, she needs that question answering. So it's like, right, let's answer the question about the job. Yeah, you should change jobs. Let's answer the question about being a librarian. Mm. And so there's all these answers coming, but you're not even aware you've been asking those questions. You just think you're talking to yourself. Mm. So consequently, you're probably going to miss most of the signs from the universe, or you might pick up on one or two of them. But you won't actually know what question that's the answer to because you've just asked like 10 questions yeah yeah <laughs> so when you're consciously doing it you can meditate or you can just write a question down like should i buy the house in italy mm -hmm. and then that video pops up and you're like wow that's a big 10 four Okay. So a little while ago, we were thinking, shall we downsize? Shall we move? Should we not? Couldn't really decide. We've got various options. And we booked to go and see a house. And I specifically said to my guides, I need a sign on whether I'm supposed to move or not, because we actually love where we live. Honest to God, within an hour, the phone rang. The estate agent had rung to say, this house that's been on the market for a year, we've just taken an offer on it. I'm like, right, that answers that then. <laughs> wow wow um, i would need to know what was in your head 
when that video was on like maybe you were going oh is this the right thing should we be doing this mm. and that song would have definitely been confirmation and it feels to me like it was confirmation of something that you were thinking or a question you were asking okay? yeah yeah sometimes it can be it can be a sign not to do it mm -hmm. and the trouble is if we really want something it's like if you're dieting and you go should I have that donut and your conscious brain goes no one will know if I eat it but your subconscious isn't necessarily on board so you'll eat it and then regret it and so we'll find what we want to justify what we want like mm. should I buy that dress and you'll talk yourself into it oh yeah my card's gone through it's a sign you know yeah um, what did your card rejected did you know <laughs> um, you know and maybe if it had been rejected that is a sign that that's not meant to happen Okay, mm -hmm. and it's very easy then to get upset. I remember getting upset years ago because we didn't get a loan that we wanted, but actually it would have been a secured loan. And about two months afterwards, the market just went into recession and we probably would have lost the house if I'd have got that secured loan. Wow. wow. So at the time I was gutted because, like, oh my God, how are we going to pay the bills? I've lost my business. I was in a real mess. And now I look back and I'm like, Do you know what? That was the best thing that happened that we did not get that loan. Mm. But we don't always see those as a positive because it's not aligned to what we want as humans, even though my spiritual self is like, everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. That doesn't happen for a reason. So I think your best way forward is to have a really clear question in your mind. And sometimes the answer will come really quickly like with your video and sometimes it might take a day or two mm -hmm. just keep in your mind that you want something that's going to stand out mm -hmm. or you can ask for something very specific so a little while ago I was asking a question about my coaching business and I was out for a walk and it was a beautiful blue sky and we lived by the sea and there was just a way of having a walk really just you know communing with my guides I went, right, if this is right, I need you to give me a heart. Just give me a heart and I will know that that is right. Mm -hmm. And I looked up, I literally looked up from the seawall and looked up at the sky and the clouds had parted and the white clouds had parted, leaving this blue heart in the middle. I'm like, okay, well, that's a big 10-4. I'll <laughs> take that, thanks very much. So then I moved on to my next question. Yeah, okay. Right got that one answered now what about this one mm. so the answers can come incredibly quickly they don't mm. have to be like three weeks apart or something yeah I think that's probably I don't think I necessarily ask a question I'm just consciously asking myself lots of questions consistently so I think that's that's good for clarity so any listeners out there if you feel like you are somehow connected to the universe and sometimes you maybe see signs and you don't understand um, having clarity on the question could really help you. So, um, yeah, TBC on how that works for me. <laughs> <laughs> also, because we are doubting Thomases, we're yeah. like, oh, I'm just seeing that because that's what I want. Yeah. Let's go back to the heart scenario. Had I have seen that heart and gone, well, do you know what? Is that just me seeing that because I want this to be a yes? Mm. I would then go, okay, give me another sign. Give me two hearts. 
Mm. And then something would come along. It might be a poster or the side of a bus or I might be on Facebook and a picture of two hearts entwined pops up or whatever it might be. I'll be like, okay, hmm. well, that's two times I've had confirmation. If you feel like it, go for a third. But me, I don't even go past two anymore, and I don't even do that very often. But if yeah. you agree to know that you're not seeing what you want to, then fine. And you can literally be as out there as you want to be, like the snake skin. Mm-hmm. Show me a giraffe. I mean, how many giraffes are you going to come across? Mm-hmm. You know? So Yeah, so true. And, and so you might see... Um, an advert where they're using giraffes but you see that same advert three times in a day and you're like okay that's really weird I've never seen that advert before it's come up three times <laughs> so it's okay to not be sure and yeah. it's okay to thank your guides and go thanks so much really appreciate you giving me that sign mm-hmm. can I just double check that that definitely was a yes can you give me another giraffe mm-hmm. okay got it and just a, one last question on that um what do numbers like if you keep seeing lots of different like repeating numbers is that is there spe- like specifics to those numbers um yeah. I mean I kind of I had this conversation with another guest um who has like a spiritual energy but she's kind of more of like a business coach um but starts off as seeing like the one 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 yeah. that was like flashing all the time for me now it seems to be like loads of two two twos um d- is there differentiation between seeing different numbers yeah yeah, all the numbers have their own um, own message. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you do keep seeing 11-11, that's normally a sign of a new beginning. Okay. And I would just recommend you Google um, Diana Cooper because she's brilliant on angel numbers. Doreen Virtue used to be good, but she's kind of disappeared into organized religion now and she's poo-pooing everything that she ever did. So a lot yeah. of her stuff isn't available anymore. Um, but Diana Cooper's very good on the angel numbers, and I think Kyle Gray might be as well. Um, and they can be really important. And it might be the time on your receipts or on your computer um, clock, or it might be that you keep seeing them on the side of a lorry, or um, every time you're going to get a train, it's exactly the same time, like 22, 22, but it's all different lines. Mm. Um, so however those numbers stand out is fine, but they'll keep repeating. Like you might keep waking up at 3.33. Mm. That will be the angels communicating with you and trying to get their message to you. So if, you, if you're not listening to that, is that why they keep showing up all the time? Oh, interesting. Very mm. interesting. Okay. Our, our guides know what we're here on earth to achieve. Mm-hmm. And they're there kind of like headquarters. Like if you imagine you was on the phone going, right, what am I supposed to do next? They go, oh, right, you've got to go here. <laughs> you're not on the phone half the time. You're like, oh, I wonder what I'm supposed to be doing. And I swear to God, for years, Mom was going, you're supposed to be doing readings, you stupid woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, that's really, that's really good, actually, because I didn't know that there was like huge differentiation between that I thought it was just like a sign like yeah you're on the right path and this has only started happening by the way since I've started like fully investing in doing the podcast and doing things that I love again and meeting new people and yeah so I feel okay I'm gonna look up that uh, after this um and so just aware of time probably gonna finish up with the last question now so for anybody and I kind of for anybody out there who I guess might be in a little bit of a low period in their life. They're feeling really stuck. 
um, they're not sure what to do, you know, next, how would you benefit, how would you benefit them, you know, through your work? Okay. So if they're having a reading with me, I will show them the path that their lives are taking. I will give them tools to help them to empower themselves. And, you know, everyone seems to use that buzzword as well. But a lot of times people go, I don't actually know what that is. Mm-hmm. And empowerment is just being able to help yourself rather than feeling like the victim or feeling powerless. OK, mm-hmm. and so it might be that I just give them some empowering questions like what can I do to change this situation or how can I deal with this situation that I cannot change like let's say they've got aging parents you can't change it okay but you can deal with it differently so by giving them different tools and techniques to live their life in a more empowering way sometimes that's all they need they don't need uh, a, a long coaching session they don't need anything else specific they just need some direction if you like on how to make changes Mm, okay I think that's really helpful so after this I'm going to make sure that I put your website and everything uh, in the show notes as well so people can reach out to you directly if they want to work with you um so thank you so much for myself and the moody girl listeners for joining us in such an interesting discussion today um and I've so enjoyed hearing more about your story Oh, good. It's been fun. And if anybody wants it, um, I do have a, a guide to journaling that I've put together. They can just DM me for the, the details and I'll ping them the link. Um, and then they can get journaling and use it to help transform whatever they want to in their life. Amazing. Love that. Well, thank you so much again um, and have a lovely evening. You too. Take care. And I'll speak to you soon about the stuff we talked about. Yeah, absolutely. Have a lovely evening. Bye. See you later. understand psychic abilities in conversations can sometimes be a divisive subject and I'm not here to tell anyone what to believe and how to live but there's clearly positive results from Tracy's work and I'm open-minded enough to feel that it could help me and others. I strongly believe in the power of the universe and seeing signs to guide us in the right direction so I'll certainly be looking into this subject further and I would encourage others to do their own research into psychic coaching. I'm personally very open to finding new ways to heal and you never know what's going to work for you. If you'd like to find out more, you can contact Tracy directly at Tracy Fance Psychic Coach, and her website is www.tracyfance.com. As always, you can keep up with what I'm up to at Moody Girl Official. You've been listening to the Moody Girl Podcast. Until next time.